wasn't until my freshman year of college that uh, I actually became the mascot at UT. No uh, way. So I was, <laughs> yeah. So I was, was hook'em. I was the dude in the, the Longhorn outfit. No way. episode 21 life and lifting i'm trevor and i'm cohen and today we have another special guest we are very yeah we are very excited to have um kevin warren um kevin warren fitness on instagram Mm -hmm. make sure you go give him a follow um this man has had a journey that's um quite remarkable he made a big transition in his life and uh we'll let him introduce yourself you want to talk about um your life a little bit kevin Absolutely. First off, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. I'm a listener of the show. I'm a fan of both the years, a follower. Uh, so thank it means you. a lot for you guys to have me on. Uh, so a little bit about me. Um, I'm 27. I live in Houston, Texas with my wife, Brittany, my almost four-year-old me. daughter, I'm Aubrey, and uh, my seven-month-old son, Gavin. So I was born and raised here in Houston. Uh, I went to school at UT in Austin, uh, where I studied civil engineering, and that's what I got my degree in. That's what I came home and got a job in uh, once I graduated. Uh, So came back home and pretty much stuck to the the normal script, quote unquote. Uh, Got a a classic nine to five job, married the girl of my dreams, started having babies, got a house, you know, the whole nine. Uh, and it was about two years ago that I started taking uh, taking my personal development a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. I started listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of books, uh, listening to the advice of some of my mentors. And I began training some people for free on the side. I started writing blogs uh, on just a personal website, just a little free thing, giving out some fitness advice. And over time, my passion slowly uh, began to turn into more of a business. And, and fitness is always what I've loved for a long, long time. I've known that, but originally I never thought of it as an actual job, mm-hmm. as a career. Uh, so once I started becoming a little bit more successful with training some people online, uh, also running a class in person, I was able to expand things a little bit more and start thinking seriously about making a transition. So uh, for about a year and a half, I was working five days a week as the head strength and conditioning coach at a gym here in town called Paradigm, uh, which I still do. And I was training a few people in person as well as online and then writing for various websites and publications like stack.com and a few others and I got it to a point where two months ago I was finally able to 
quit my nine to five job, my engineering job after four years there. And I made the full-time switch to a fitness professional. So now uh, my passion is my career and I make a living getting people jacked, man. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty awesome. Job description, get people jacked. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty great. Um, so kind of something that you just mentioned was uh, – uh, was it hard to identify that? Was it hard to like find out like what was your mindset when you were like, man, like I think this is like something I care more about than what I'm doing? Yeah, man. I mean, I always loved fitness, but like I said, it was it was just a hobby. And you know, when growing up, my parents both worked like regular jobs, you know, the typical nine to five. My dad's in oil and gas. My mom was a teacher. And all of my friends' parents did the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm from, like, a pretty nice, like, upper middle class area, you could say. So everybody's either an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer, like the classic jobs, you okay, know what I'm yeah. saying? So very, very rarely did I come across anyone who owned their own business and definitely nobody who owned a fitness business. Yeah. You know, the, the people that I knew – who made a living through fitness were like coaches or personal trainers, you know, more on the mm-hmm. local scene. Uh, so yeah, it was really hard. And, and throughout all of college, I didn't really love engineering. I never did, but it was one of those things where I was a smart guy. Everyone told me, you know, it's a safe career. You'll make good money. So mm-hmm. there just really wasn't even a thought oh, of wow. yeah. doing anything different. Uh, so it wasn't until I started listening to guys like Corey G, uh, people Lewis Howes was having on his podcasts and, and reading some books that I started to realize like, oh shit, people actually leave these kinds of jobs mm-hmm. to do what they love and they make a great living doing it and they're happy. So for the longest time, it, it wasn't even an option. And then when I finally became aware that this was a real thing, that it wasn't just a fairy tale, the whole do what you love, yeah, you yeah. know, that, that whole thing we're told growing up. Uh, once I found out you could actually do it, you know, I mean, I was full steam ahead. I made my intentions very clear. I told everybody, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going full at it. I'm going to make this my career. And uh, so I kind of spoke it into existence. Mm-hmm. I really believe in the law of attraction. You know, what you say, what you put out will come back to you. Uh, so I grinded as they say for a year and a half, two years and and got to the point where now it's a reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like when you went around and you started like speaking into an existence like that, did you have, did you come across anyone that was like, no, you can't do that? Um, because I know when I was listening to like, I was listening to business and biceps earlier today and they were talking about that, how they were talking about like John had like family that like was even like. Uh, no, why would you try doing that? Someone else has already tried and failed. And he's like, well, because I'm not them. Um, but did you encounter any of that? Like not even just your family, but just like any friends or anything like that? You know, for the most part, I was really lucky and everyone close to me supported me. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I have kids and I have a wife yeah. and a home. And so I'm not going to just up and quit my job with no mm-hmm. financial backing, with no reasoning. Um so I, I had a very patient and reasonable approach. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously my wife is concerned. My parents mm-hmm. are concerned. They want to make sure that I'm not just going to uh, 
you know, depend on my wife's income for everything, mm-hmm. that I actually have something stable. But I think from the beginning, it was very clear that I was extremely passionate about this. Yeah. And I also was pretty good at it. And so I think there weren't too many of my friends who, who like bashed me and said like, dude, what are you doing? Like posting all this fitness stuff on Instagram. Like, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know a lot of people run into that with their friends and family, but I've been very lucky. I've had good friends who have supported me. And even now, you know, they, they support me by giving me their business. I train some of them. Um, I'm working on some products right now, uh, an ebook and a bunch of my friends are like the test subjects for it. So it's cool. Uh, I've been very lucky in that regard. That's awesome. Yeah. You're a modern day businessman in that sense. Um, so, so you're kind of like starting to like build your empire, would you say like, uh, the Kevin Warren fitness empire? That's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, yeah, so kind of like keep rolling with that. Just kind of like walking like through the progress or process, I guess not progress. So like you didn't really encounter like any of that, but so I want one thing to like really like stick out to like the listeners is um that if you are like kind of like in that spot and you find yourself like working a day job or stuck in like some part of your life that you're like this isn't what I want to be doing all the time like obviously for like us, we're college students. We're not going to be in college forever, but like it could be kind of a roadblock, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have two or three more years left here. Like, I still have this. Like, that's still enough time to, like, make something happen and start working at it. Because, like you said, it took you, what, like a year and a half to, like, really, like, make it happen? Yeah, a year and a half going all in on it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, working 80-hour uh, weeks yeah. and combined jobs and mm-hmm. stuff. and. For you guys, too, I think you made a good point there that you do have some time and you guys being as young as you are, um, I I don't want to say lucky because you've obviously put yourself in this position, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you are aware that these possibilities are out there. So I think you guys are already ahead of the game and you may encounter people your age uh, who who don't understand at all what y'all are doing with the podcast Mm -hmm. or you know, with your businesses and that's going to be normal, man. That's super normal. Oh yeah. Uh, especially in college. But as you go, I think, you know, you guys will prove to people that this isn't just a gimmick or like something you're, you're coming up with by the seat of your pants. Like you're just winging it. You have a plan and I can see you guys have surrounded yourself with positive mentors. You're speaking to all the right people. So you know, they'll begin to come around and take you more seriously as you show them you're serious about it. Yeah. Um, so like when I, sorry, do you want to ask a question? No, I keep you're all good. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm really good at just like, <laughs> I think you keep coming. I'm just I like, oh, you. so, I got you. Um, shoot. What was I going to say? Um, first off, before I can say, a bird just flew into my window. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saw y'all's eyes like moving around. <laughs> I, I look like, up and someone just drills me and Coke going like, <laughs> What was that? That really threw me. I was like, what the heck? But anyways, um, yeah, so was like, was it Corey that was like one of like your biggest mentors then? Like that kind of like walked you through like, here's what you need to be doing. Um, like who, who are your biggest mentors when it came to like starting that transition or like what were like your favorite books that you would recommend or anything like that? For sure, yeah. So Corey G definitely, mm-hmm. I would can still still to this day would consider 
uh, my biggest mentor. And really early on, I never had any one-on-one discussions with him. Like mm-hmm. I never approached him uh, for explicit advice, but I just listened to everything he said yeah. and I took yeah. it to heart. Um, and, and I really believed in the messages that he was putting out. Mm-hmm. Of course, I read the book and listened to his podcast and all that stuff. Um, and I think one of, th- one of the things that helped me early on was when he came out with his website, and I think this is a good piece of advice for mm-hmm. you guys and anyone listening. When he came out with his website, I was really, really active on the blog section. Really? Uh, so people, because I had been following Corey for a long time. I did the get stacked workouts and anabolic fasting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I had a good handle on his approach. Mm-hmm. I knew how to do these things. And so when people would ask questions, I would just jump in and answer. Really? And so I made myself an expert oh, on wow. on his forum. That's, so yeah. then people would say like, oh, that's Kevin Warren Fitness. They recognize the name from the website. They'd follow me on Instagram. And so that's really how I became friends with all the guys up there in the 4 a.m. crew, you know. Corey Carpenter and Jacob and uh, all the other guys is I I just started bringing up conversations. I put my name out there and essentially made myself an expert mm-hmm. on Corey's site. And obviously, he has way more visibility than I would have on my own personal blog. Mm-hmm. That's that's really um, smart. I've never thought of that. Yeah, that's, that's a yeah, very yeah. smart way to go at it. Well, it's because you have the information. It's just you're putting it out there. You're, you're publicly um, giving like your knowledge, like you're sh- proving yourself in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, early on, uh, people probably would have had every right, and, and I'm not just saying people on Corey's side, just people in general would have had every right to say, like, dude, you're an engineer. You didn't go to school for exercise science or anything like that. Like, what? Who are you to be giving advice? But you know, first of all, I obviously took my licks in the gym. Like I've been pra- practicing lifting for a long time. Uh, I re- I've read a lot of articles, but early on, I didn't have any certifications. I didn't have a formal training, but I made myself an expert. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people weren't really questioning the things I was saying because I was providing the evidence behind it. I had Corey G's backing on these things. Like it wasn't like I was just talking some bullshit. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, real supported evidence, you know. And so I was giving advice that was good and people would follow it. And, you know, as I began training with more people and I would get transformations from them, I became a quote unquote expert in the field without any formal knowledge mm-hmm. just because I made myself that and I was confident in my skills and nobody could really tell me any different. <laughs> yeah. I think one big word that you just used right there too is confident. I think a lot of people lack the ability to like have real confidence in themselves to be like, oh, I'm actually like good at this. Like I actually have the knowledge to help someone. Like I know like I used to struggle with that. And I was like, man, like I don't, I don't actually know that much. Like, there's someone that's smarter than me. Like, I'm probably wrong. Certain things like that. And then as soon as you start to have confidence in yourself, like, the whole, like, perspective, like, your whole look on everything just really, like, starts to, like, dial in and change because, like, believing in yourself is, like, probably one of the most important things that you can do. 
a hundred percent. And that confidence comes from preparation. Mm-hmm. And I think you also yeah. have to remember that you have to keep your target audience in mind. And this was something that I went through early on that I struggled with. I remember when I was first beginning to post uh, uh, like fitness tips on Instagram and writing blogs, I was trying to impress other lifters. Mm-hmm. And I would like, I was scared to post like my squats and my deadlifts because I knew people who could squat and deadlift more than me. You know, I was scared to post about what I was eating because like, oh, I know this guy does it different and he may not like it. But you got to remember that there's always going to be people more knowledgeable than you, but there's also going to be way more people with less knowledge and you can provide a lot of value mm-hmm. to them. So you have to keep your target audience in mind. You're not speaking to these elite coaches and elite lifters all the time. Yeah. You are trying to help the average Joe, the mm-hmm. average college kid. I mean, you just pulled 500 pounds. Like you could help mm-hmm. someone deadlift. Yeah. Like, you know, just because Zeke taught you and he lifts more than you, mm-hmm. you're not trying to teach him. You're trying to teach the people below you. So yeah. You got to keep that in mind. Uh, yeah, I like, I like that perspective. It, you'll get caught up with that, but um, there's a lot of people you guys have the opportunity to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's something that I know Trevor kind of did with me. And um, I think it proved in itself that Trevor was like, Trevor basically from the ground up taught me how to lift weights. Like, I, I came in August having only, like, used, like, uh, some ratchet machines in my basement and uh, some dumbbells that only go up to 25 pounds. And Trevor taught me how to squat. He taught me how to deadlift in a efficient manner, which is something yeah. that's completely – because I know some people, when they personal train, they'll go in there and they'll be like, all right, so before we start deadlifting, we need to do this stuff. But, like, Trevor – helped me do it as fast as possible in the right way possible mm-hmm. and it was it's something that really shows like a uh like how well you can relay the knowledge mm-hmm. even when you're just like that absolutely man it's funny you mentioned that i remember when i was uh when i first went to college i i, I kind of started lifting more seriously toward the end of end of high school um, but that was like when I was all about bodybuilding.com. Mm-hmm. I was like <laughs> reading every article, like doing every program. So I would go to the YMCA at home and I'm doing like Smith machine squats <laughs> and like, you know, the machine preacher curl and the pec deck fly yep. and like all that <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, uh, it wasn't till my freshman year of college that, uh, I actually became the mascot at UT. No uh, way. So <laughs> yeah. So I was, a, I was hook'em. I was the dude in the, the Longhorn outfit. No way. How did you, yeah. how long were you that for? Uh, for two and a half years. Oh, how, how did you get in that position? Like, Tell us about the tryouts so, for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, my brother-in-law, um, my wife's brother, was the captain at the time. So there's like five mascots on a roster at any given time. No way. And no. someone dropped out. They needed a spot. And my brother was like, dude, I know you kind of got a little swag on you. I know you don't mind like acting a fool. Like, Why don't you come try out? So basically – uh, this is around the time, like, teach me how to Dougie and, like, swag surfing <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that is popping. And so, basically, and, and at the time, at the tryout, I don't have the suit on. It's just me. So, I literally just, like, dance and, like, made a fool of myself and just did crazy shit. And boom, I got it. <laughs> and uh, 
so it was awesome. That was a really cool experience. But the main reason I did it, the mm-hmm. whole thing I was attracted to was I was technically considered a University of Texas athlete. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to use the athletic facilities. And so you know I'm Genius. working out with Olympians and the highest level coaches in, in the country. And I've got guys like Jamal Charles and uh, all these NFL players who were former Longhorns coming back. That's training like, right next to me so that was when i learned how to actually lift and i started you know i remember the first eight weeks i was there i put on 20 pounds like straight up 20 i went from about 150 to 170 um and and it was just game changing mm-hmm. learning from people who are actually knowledgeable in the area so i feel you on that i was in the same boat (laughs) yeah dude that is a story i'll never forget that is awesome (laughs) i can't believe yeah it's it's crazy how people how like there's such like a knowledge difference Mm -hmm. and how easy it is to learn that knowledge though like when you're passionate about it Um, yeah i think that's something a lot of people don't take into consideration Mm -hmm. um I think one thing too, like to really like draw away from that, is that as soon as you got yourself like surrounded by like the right people, that's when like you really started to like grow. And I think that you can look at that like outside of just like the weight room and stuff like that. No matter what your passion is, um, like if you're into like last time I used art and theater, <laughs> Gabby came yeah. at me for that. She gummed me, so she was listening. Uh, <laughs> art, uh, what's up? But anyways. Um, like that's your, it, you then surround yourself by people that are like experts in that field or not even experts, but like, are just more knowledgeable than you and then get up to where they are and then just keep working up the ladder and keep putting yourself out there to the point where like you're having conversations. What are you doing? I don't know. Um, having conversations with people that are way up on the field and then you like all of a sudden all this knowledge is just flowing through this amount of relationships that you've made. Absolutely. And I think a really key thing uh, that has been huge in my growth, probably like the most, you know, key thing is that I've surrounded myself with Mm -hmm. people better than me, not necessarily in my area. Um, So like here in Houston, you know, I have a few friends who are on the same wavelength as me who are like about personal development and about, uh, you know, getting in the gym, working hard, all this kind of stuff that we talk about. But for the most part, you know, a lot of my friends, you got to think, like, I, I started having kids at a young age. I got married young. My friends, they graduated college. They moved downtown. They're partying still, you know, doing that whole thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, they're, they're still young. They can do it. So I didn't really have people, like, lifting partners or people here that I could, like, go grab a coffee with and like talk about my dreams you know what yeah, i mean so yeah. i became friends with the guys up there in ohio and i made friends through social media and basically just implanted myself in that culture mm-hmm. and so and, and i followed people who were doing positive things and so when i get on social media every morning i wake up y'all y'all are an hour ahead of me so i wake up and i've got a timeline full of lifting highlights already (laughs) like by the time i go to the gym and then you know the conversations that i'm seeing and that i'm partaking in they're all positive they're all uplifting Mm -hmm. the messages that i'm seeing they're people doing good things and so when you're in an environment with that kind of positivity and that kind of momentum 
it's just inevitable that you're gonna flow with it. Yeah, you're the average of is it the five most five people that you spend the most time with? Um, totally. I definitely I I forget who said that. Do you know? Nope. Do you know? Nope. But anyways, <laughs> some guy said that really good quote. I put it on my Instagram caption like a while back. But anyways, uh, so if you want to find it, it's out there. But um, I love that quote because I can definitely tell like. I've gone, I think everyone's gone through like different stages of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you're younger, you have a certain group of friends and then you get in high school, it starts to change a little bit. You get to get deeper in high school, change, you get into college, it changes. And that's about all farther I've made. But I imagine <laughs> that it continues to evolve and like all of a sudden, like all you have is true close friends because now that you're not like sitting together in, for 50 minutes in a classroom every day, like. You actually have to stay in, like, touch and stuff. And I think that's what's crazy is that I feel like I know some of the people through, like, social media that I've never, like, even personally met or only met, like, one or two times. Like, I'm closer, I have a closer relationship with them than I do with a lot of people that live in my hometown that I haven't seen in a year. I, I might see their stuff on social media every now and then if I'm scrolling through Facebook or something. But, like, I feel like I've, I have a much deeper relationship with the people that, like, I either, like, train with or, like, help like when it comes to fitness or stuff like that or even like you kevin and like i obviously don't know g that well but like i feel like he's a pretty good mentor to me and like zeke and all those type of guys like it's just a much different relationship now i feel like it's crazy yeah 100 percent. and going back to the five people you surround yourself with like you know again it doesn't have to be physically and even for me when I was starting on this journey and I was like heavy into personal development, I I still am now, obviously, but I mean, I'm talking like I would be listening to Gary V, Lewis Howes, Corey G, Eric Thomas. So to me, I'm Mm -hmm. getting them every single day. Those are the five people that I'm closest with. Like you don't even have to physically or or personally know them anymore. It's just uh, a matter of surrounding yourself constantly Mm -hmm. with that content and Another point on that, you know, as far as friends that kind of like fade in and out of your life, that'll happen. And I think it's important and something that I don't think too many people in the space talk about. You know, everyone basically says, like, if you have friends who aren't on the same tip as you, mm-hmm. who aren't really trying to improve themselves, like, get them out of your life. And and I'm not like that cut and dry about it because I understand that my friends are at a different stage in their life and maybe right now they're not trying to do the same things I'm doing but they're still my best friends and I'm not like gonna say fuck you guys I'm forgetting about you completely Mm -hmm. so you know as you guys go through college and you graduate you'll have people that kind of like fade in and out but at the end of the day you know as long as they're not doing anything that's like detrimental to you personally Mm -hmm. or just like some terrible terrible shit Mm -hmm. They're still your friends, and maybe eventually they'll come around and mm-hmm. they'll get to the point where you are and they'll ask you for advice. So mm-hmm. I, I never like to be like cut and dry where I text someone like, hey, dude, you're not my friend anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. It's never that serious. I think I'd have the balls to do that. Yeah, it's, it's never like, that serious. I'd send that and like five minutes later be like, yeah, uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but taking things like scoping out, like zooming out a little bit, it's so mind-boggling to me that you live in Texas – and we are connected with you so personally uh, mm-hmm. about like where you're at in your terms of your life and self-development. Without the internet, would have never been possible. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's wild, man. And it's so crazy uh, because I just came up there for the first time uh, at the Arnold. So oh, I was there a month did you or like so it? ago. Oh, yeah, man. It was incredible. Everything I thought it'd be. Uh, but I met everybody. And one of the people that I met there was my podcast partner, Justin. I saw that, yeah. Uh, so Justin and I, we have a podcast called the Saved by the Barbell oh, yeah. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been going with that for uh, about six months now, a little over six months. Hey, they just and, had Corey G on too. Give it a listen. It's good. Yeah, yeah. We just had Corey G. Uh, but but it's so funny that when when I came up there, Justin and I were hanging out. People couldn't fathom the idea that he and I, like, you know, we text every day, but we talk on a podcast weekly. Yeah. And we had literally never met in person. We didn't even know each other prior to a year ago. So yeah. it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's a much different <laughs> generation. Like it, I, I'm very interested as into how things are going to continue to change too. Like ten years ago, you ask someone like right now, like be like, do you think that you're going to be able to like video call someone, like actually see them? You're going to have all the social media and stuff going around. They probably been telling you that you're absolutely insane. And, like ask yeah. them what you're taking, like. I can't imagine what's going to be like in 10 years. Like, you're going to be able to, like, teleport somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you are. You <laughs> definitely are. And, I mean, it's all about using it for good because, mm-hmm. obviously, social media gets a bad rap a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. You know, you see some, some bad stuff that goes on. But, again, I just don't even allow any of that on my timeline. I'm following positive people, positive mm-hmm. thoughts. So I don't even watch the news, man, because it's just so depressing nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's of, why I don't watch it either. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just wild, man. So, yeah, I don't, I don't pay attention to any of the, the negativity that's out there. And I think social media, when used the right way, man, is such it's a very powerful, powerful tool. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, it's expansive. Yeah, which is I think something it's that, unbelievable. Yeah, it can expand in a lot of aspects. Like self-development is something you mentioned, mm-hmm. like the communication with podcasts. Yeah, I've never thought <clears> – <throat> I've never thought of it as the way that you just brought it up is that those five people don't even have to be like physically like around you. So like Cohen might not even be in my top five uh, anymore. Oh, whatever. Like, like it could be <laughs> anyone from all over. Sitting like, right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, it's the first time he's trained with me in like two weeks. Uh, we're not going to get into that. Uh, no, but, I work out every day. <laughs> I work out every day. We're not going to get into it. We're going to get real heated. But anyways, anyways, um, I never thought of it like as in like, anyone could be in that realm now um where like if you actually spend the time all of a sudden like those five people could outweigh m- others that are like kind of weighing you down because positive i know people always say negative like outweighs positive thoughts but like for me like if you get like a really good like positive like vibe going like momentum that's going to carry longer for me than like a negative and a positive could turn that around I mean, vice versa, I guess a negative could bring it down. But a positive, like, just kind of lasts goes a long way. And, like, you're like, you can always look back on that and be like, oh, yeah, they said this. Like, that made me feel really good. And that can help you, like, lift yourself up. Totally. It's all about making the positivity louder, man. Gary Vee says that. Mm-hmm. Make oh, positivity yeah. louder. Because, obviously, the negative stuff is what gets all the headlines. It's what oh, yeah. gets people all riled up and conversations going. But, you know, it's our job, the people who are in the know, who know that there's a better side to things to to make it louder and voice Mm -hmm. our wins you know that's another thing that people a lot of times are embarrassed or like ashamed to post 
you know, pictures of their kids or PRs or things like that. I'm like, look, I want to celebrate with you. Mm -hmm. Like you, when you pulled 500 and Zeke is fucking yelling at your face, I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go. Like I'm sitting here hyped, man. So I'm happy for you. So like, those are the kinds of things we have to share and hopefully more and more people Mm -hmm. catch that wave and and join us on that. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's definitely, I've had, I've had a few people like kind of talk to me and be like, who were haters, quote unquote, at first, mm-hmm. but like have like talked to me and were like, you know, like I like I get this now, like and like I'm like actually starting to like enjoy it and stuff like that, and I'm like, yeah, like I like I'm not doing this. Like, like I was right all along. Well, no, but like <laughs> I'm not, I'm like I'm not doing this to be like, oh, I'm better than you because like I like work out and stuff like that. Like it's literally like I do this like. I love fitness and stuff, but I think this is more of, like, my alley to, like, really, like, just more connect with people. And make changes yeah, in like, people's lives. Um, yeah. I, I think that it's, like, I think that is how it is for everyone, though. It's, like, really, like, if you look at fitness, like, that's, like, the number one thing that we, like, push. But reality, like, what does fitness do? It changes someone's life. Like, overall, not just physically, but, like, mentally, how you think about yourself emotionally, like, how you feel, like... As soon as you start like feeling better, like physically, like emotionally, everything just like starts to click. Do- totally, man. And you know, those are the big wins for me because obviously it's really cool when I have clients mm-hmm. that hit benchmarks and like lose weight and things like that. But it's when friends reach out to me or people from my past and mm-hmm. say like, "Dude, passion is contagious." Like yeah. when I- when I'm speaking passionately about something it's, you know, people feel it. It's, it's undeniable. And so, you know, I just had one of my best friends, my friend, Andy, his little sister graduated college, got a consulting job, uh, you know, like really Mm -hmm. good, good job. And last week she just up and quit to become a yoga instructor of all things. And yeah, and she messaged me and said, like, you inspired me to do this. Like, you know, I saw, yeah. So it's like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to do. Like you said, connect with people on mm-hmm. on a deeper level. It's more than just fitness. That yeah. just happens to be my avenue. Yeah, I think that that's such like a and like even if fitness isn't your avenue, like understanding that you can use anything, whatever gifts or talents you've been given, to like use them to your advantage to leverage yourself into some sort of conversation to connect with others because. We had a guest speaker today um, in my Management 241, which is the entrepreneurship experience. Um, I can tell you right now that there's <laughs> how's nothing... How's that, by the way? Sorry to sidetrack you, but uh, how's that class? Not good. <laughs> no? <laughs> it's, so, it's so boring. Like, they, like, try to, like, preach the most, like, basic, like, entrepreneurial stuff and stuff like that. Like, it's not bad. It's good, but... And, like, they preach a lot of good mindset stuff, I guess, but it's very boring and dry. Like, sure. I feel like they could go into a lot more depth and, like, really, like, motivate people to, like, do something. But I think they just miss certain cues. You need to get, like, Corey G in there to talk or something. <laughs> of course. Yeah, real real entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, we had this guy come in. Oh, shoot. Uh, and he was talking about where, – where were they going with that? What was I talking about? No, I don't remember. Uh, you were just, like – Well, what did I say right before I said that? Memory's not on point today, no. is it? I'm not <laughs> Um, he was talking about, what was he talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> I, there was something specific I was going to go at. Um, I'm really blowing this. Take it away. <laughs> well, 
Well, I did have something. Okay, you just go. I'm going to Okay, well, if it comes back to you, yeah. feel free to speak okay. up at any point. I'll think. Just go. Okay, so something uh, that I wanted to mention, like, touch on was um, your outreach. And um, was it hard to gain people who kind of had those mindsets to follow you? Like, how did you determine your audience, I guess is what I'm saying? Because that's mm-hmm. something that um, you talk about in writing a lot is find your audience and preach to them because they're the people that, like, you know, um, hop on the train. Totally. Yeah, that's a great question, man. So really, it became about, and this was like trial and error, by the way, so I didn't figure this out immediately, but it became about really taking a step back and thinking like, who are the people that are coming to me for training? Like, who are my clients? What is their goal? And then it became like, who are the people who are messaging me on Instagram or engaging with my content? And saying like, thanks, I did this in the gym, it was awesome, Mm -hmm. keep it coming, stuff like that. And so like I said at the beginning, I think I was trying to like prove myself as an expert. I was like trying to impress like like the other coaches and the other big lifters who already knew what they were doing. I was trying to show them I knew what I was doing too. And then I took a step back and realized that that's not who my main audience is. My main audience is the people who, who were essentially just like me, who have nine to five jobs, who have kids, who have busy schedules, who are just trying to get a little bit better in the gym, lose a little weight, look a little better with their shirt off, like things like that. So um, my content has now been driven more toward, I, I guess you could say the masses, like the general mm-hmm. public. And this is the same thing I did. Uh, I'm working on an ebook right now. 10 Weeks of Beast? And I... 10 weeks of each. Yeah, 10 weeks of each. I, I took a step back and realized like, okay, what are people coming to me for the most? Mm-hmm. And they come to me, they want me to coach them because they've got a vacation coming up or they've got a wedding coming up or something, some big event mm-hmm. that they want to lose some weight for. It's not, I'm not training elite bodybuilders or power lifters yeah. to, to get on the platform or get on stage. So I've created a program that suits my target audience Mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm just trying to serve that specific group of people. And you like helping that audience. A hundred percent, man, because the thing I talked about this on a podcast recently with Justin, the thing about training elite athletes is that they're already at such a level. And a lot of times, like if you're dealing with, with sport athletes like basketball players football players mma athletes i coach quite a few of those guys their talent is is just there Mm -hmm. like they're freak athletes man and you know we can help steer them in the right direction as a coach but more or less you're just trying not to get in the way you're just trying to like highlight some of their attributes but when you're working with people who can make those like massive changes and not just physically like you were talking about like uh training can be a foundational habit like if you get your training down and you start exercising right it starts bleeding into the other categories of your life and suddenly you're waking up earlier you're reading more books you're listening to more podcasts and so like all of a sudden it becomes a foundational habit and i've seen people not only lose 20 pounds but like literally transform the way that they think Mm-hmm. So that's the goal, uh, ultimately, with what I'm doing. Yeah, that's fantastic because you see a lot of guys like um, you see. Uh, let's go with like Zeke, for example. Zeke trains 
power building. Mm-hmm. And Corey trains bodybuilding, but he also trains for strength. And also power building. Also power building. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's you, when you made your jump, you weren't like, okay, I'm going to do what everyone else does. You were like, no, this, be is, your own person. this is what I like. Yeah. You're like, I like helping these people change their lives. Totally. And that's really hard, man, because... And, and I've talked to a lot of the guys up there about this because I consider myself like a Corey G disciple. Mm-hmm. Like I've come up <laughs> under that umbrella, just yeah. like I feel a that. lot of, <laughs> you know, a lot of the people up there in that community, like the guys you just mentioned. Um, and to be honest, I don't like powerlifting. I really don't mm-hmm. like, you know, I understand the necessity to like lift heavy, but you'll probably never catch me in a powerlifting meet. And, you know, for example, the 10 weeks to beach program that I'm doing right now, zero barbells, zero barbells. Yeah. So, um, I designed it because a lot of the people that I work with, they work out at apartment complex gyms or they're traveling week to week. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create a program that people can do on the road or they can do in their commercial gym yeah, and not necessarily, you know, I'm a member of like a quote unquote hardcore gym, but I know most of my friends are not. And so I don't want them to be limited by that kind of equipment or that kind of mindset. So yeah, it's, it's weird for me because I've obviously always trained with barbells, but right now zero barbell work. Uh, It's all like dumbbells and cables and body weight and stuff like that. Yeah. You're able to suit your audience and that's, I think that is one thing that people, instead of trying to look at their audience and be like, this is what I want, they go, and instead they try to make their audience. You, you exactly. Get, you get what I'm trying to say? Like, I kind of weird, but. You have to find your audience. Yeah. Rather than, the, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But you no, get the you're point. Right. You get the point. You're right. You could get into trouble real quick uh, if you just enter the game and mm-hmm. say, like, all right, I'm working with major league baseball players or like yeah. I'm, I'm working with pitchers that's mm-hmm. it so like i'm helping pitchers with their mechanics and their throw speed whatever it's like okay well how many pitchers do you know mm-hmm. and how many are going to come to you for advice like that's a real narrow niche so you got to think in terms of who you can reach most easily and who you resonate with the most and mm-hmm. so you know yeah. i am not I'm not a super strong guy. So, yes, I can give some powerlifting advice to the average Joe and help him with some tips, but I'm not going to get out there and create a power building program mm-hmm. because that's that's just not my thing, man, and you got to recognize that. Yeah. I think that's I think that's great advice. Like so true. Who you resonate with. That's something that mm-hmm. echoed in my head. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to find who who is taking your content the most seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I do like, like personally, a question, but I guess for everyone else too. Um, when like you started to make that transition, you said that you were doing stuff for free for like a while, and that's how you like got started. Um, like how long did you do that before like you're like, all right, I'm gonna make this like a business. Like this is what I'm gonna start doing. Like you know what I'm saying? Like how long yeah. did you do that for free? So I trained people for free for probably three months. Um, so I, I had a group of, and I think, by the way, I think doing stuff for free when you start is pretty essential. I, I also agree uh, with that. I'm, 
I'm a big proponent, but I think you have to be careful about the way you do it because you set an expectation. So mm. whenever I train people for free, I did not publicize it at all. Really? I was just training them for free on the side. I, I went to my friends and I said, look, I'm trying to do this. I will train you for free for 12 weeks. Just follow what I do. Let me use your transformation at the end of it and, mm. and we'll be good. And so I had like four friends and my wife who I worked with uh, for about 12 weeks. And I didn't say anything about it. I didn't post like progress pictures or any of their stuff. I came out at the end of it and said like, look what I just did with these people. Mm-hmm. So I think like, again, doing stuff for free is good. And I also wrote articles for free and blogs yeah. for a long time. I think that's uh, super so, important too. I, need to, get, just, I need to write more again. I've been yeah, doing a new newsletter, but – that's, that's kind of, good, man. Kind of put my focus on that, but any content, I mean, really, like Instagram is free. I I obviously still put out mm-hmm. and you, you know do, tutorial yeah. videos yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So that's free content. Um, but as far as training people, I think you have to be careful because if you set the expectation that your services are free, then that's how they're going to value you from yeah. that point on. And so when I came out, I came out charging prices you yeah. know and i said look i've worked with this body of people already um because even at the very beginning i had some of my good friends who like were they were kind of pissed at me because they basically missed the boat they were like why didn't you tell me you were training people for free like now i've got to pay for your sh- yeah. shit and i'm like i know man <laughs> i'm sorry but like tough luck yeah, you, you can't set the expectation that your services are free or even like really cheap because that's how people are going to value you. You're like, oh, this guy trains for free. Well, his training might not be that good. Yeah, the people so going, I think yeah. That goes back to the confidence thing too. You have to have the confidence to say like, I charged $100 an hour for a training session. Mm-hmm. That's the price, yeah. you know, and you, you have to be willing to back that up and stand by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, um, like doing the whole free thing, I like completely agree with that. It's like putting out as much free content without like giving away like your thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like without giving away everything and cause you have to understand how to make them different. Like obviously like I don't charge for anything right now. Like that's what I was kind of asking, <laughs> but, um, just for anyone that's yeah. listening is wondering, but, uh, <laughs> um, that's why I asked, but like understanding that you're doing things like you still need to be willing to help people like via social media and stuff. And because I know I had, I, I, I had talked to the, like one guy before and like, he's like, like he told me, is like, you can't, I can't give you that information just because it'll be more like, I'd be taking away from like my paid clients then because then all of a sudden like I'm crossing that boundary and which I can kind of understand. Um, because you don't want to start overlapping those two things. Because as soon as you do, I think people get kind of pissed off about it. But at the same time, like I think you can still throw tips. Like you know what I'm saying? See, yeah, a hundred percent. And and even, you know, not that I would give all of my stuff away for free. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing about in our business and in, in fitness and in coaching, I don't really believe a lot of the value lies in the programming. Mm-hmm. Like. Yes, I think I make good programs, but I know 500 other coaches who make good programs too. Like, yeah. you're coming to me because I can connect with you on a level that will make you stick to my programs. Oh, oh yeah. 
and, and I will hold you accountable and I, I will get on your level. So, you know, whenever people would come to me in my DMs and asking for advice, like on nutrition and stuff too, like, you know, how many calories should I be eating to lose fat or like how much protein? I always answer those questions because really that's not where my value lies. You can yeah. look, you can Google how much protein should I eat yeah. and come up with an yeah. answer. So that's not my service, you know, and if that gets a person closer to their goal, mm -hmm. my advice, maybe they'll come back to me in the future. And I've had that happen multiple times where it's like, okay, I've been losing a few pounds. Let's take this to the next level. I want to get on board for the full coaching. Yeah. That's great. That's something I I've never that, yeah. even thought about. I really like that. Um, and just like, because that's like almost a form of marketing in a sense. Mm -hmm. Just being like, Definitely. hey, I, like, if, if they think, they're like, man, what was that time, like, where I felt like the most, like, passionate? They're like, well, that time I, Kevin helped me out, mm -hmm. like, on Instagram, like, that helped me. And he's like, I should go back to him because, like, I can trust him and he's reliable too. I, yeah, and I think, too, that's, that's a way of kind of, like, the building steps of building a relationship um, because I know that if I were like I'd rather work with someone that I feel like I know and I'm comfortable with so like after like you follow someone on social media for a while like you almost start to feel like you've met them before like you've been there before like certain things like that um like you would almost feel as like you're like close enough to them especially like I think that's when like commenting on people's stuff starts to come into play not to like say you're developing like fake relationships but you're actually like connecting with people and like developing real relationships and I think that just is important as like growing like a brand like your self brand mm -hmm. as much as it is like I, I, supporting no, people yeah, like, yeah. yeah you're right yeah the engagement is super important and you know going back to what you said about someone saying like ah that's like paid information I just think that sets a bad standard. Like now, if if someone ever came to you and said like, hey, do you know a good coach? You mm -hmm. probably wouldn't send them to that guy. Yeah. And like same, you know, Colin, you were saying Trevor helped you out early on yeah. with mm -hmm. your lifting and got you going. Well, maybe you're not a coach yet, but if someone came to you and said like, hey, do you know any personal trainers? You'd be like, well, Trevor just helped me get jacked. So. No, that's actually happened before. Um, My friend, my sister's friend from Iowa was like, looking for some tips on how to lose weight. And I was like, I was like, I personally, like I know a few things about like technique in the weight room. I was like, but nutrition, that's not really my thing. And I go, so I sent her literally Trevor's number and they talked about it. And it's just like, um, cause Trevor's helped me so much and mm -hmm. literally he can answer my questions and that's, that's yeah. what she was looking for. So I knew that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and that's important too, you know, just as important as it is to, be confident in your abilities. It's also important to be humble. Mm -hmm. And I, I've shared a couple times where I was fresh off of my uh, physique show that I did last summer. And I did well. Like, I got third place. I got nationally qualified wow, in awesome. an NPC show. Um, and I had a coach. I didn't do it myself. And I had people come to me and say, like, hey, I want to do a show this year. Can you coach me? And I, I said, like, look. I am not a bodybuilding coach. Like, I think I'll get to that point, but here is my coach's number. You can talk to him. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's important to be upfront and honest when you know it's, re it's way better than trying to bullshit your way through it. And they get someone gets bad results, and all of a exactly. sudden, you got a bad rap to your name. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Exactly. That's like the scariest 
thing I think about training, like it, ever considering personal training, it's like you want to take it so seriously because that person is literally like being like, okay, here's my physique, like change yeah. it. <laughs> and that's yeah. scary. It is, man. I remember the, you know, like I said, I've, I've been lifting for a long time. I've done my research, but initially that was my thought when I was coaching people, I was like, well, goddamn, I hope this works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it's scary to think about just because like, like, oh man, you're trusting a lot of confidence in yourself, which yes. is great at the same time, but it's like, you're like questioning yourself. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great learning experience. Yeah. I mean, and it's all about preparation. It's just like anything at some point, you know, it was the same when I quit my job at some point you're at Corey G and I, we had this conversation on the phone like two days ago. He said, at some point you're going to have to lay your nuts on the table and just say like, there they are. Like, yeah. <laughs> here, here it is. And so like, at some point you're going to have to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel like you're prepared, you're knowledgeable, you're ready you got to make that jump at some point. Yeah. Instead of waiting for the perfect opportunity because that perfect opportunity, super cliche, but it's never going to come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like You're absolutely right, dude. I mean, even two weeks, I it's so crazy to think about this now, but even two weeks before I quit my job or two weeks before I put in my two weeks notice, mm-hmm. um, I, I was rationalizing with myself and I had this conversation with my wife. I was like, maybe this thing is meant to just be a side hustle forever. Like Mm -hmm. I, I was like, you know, I, you have those moments. I was down. I was like, you know, business is kind of slowing down for me. It, you know, things haven't really picked up in the past couple months. Like maybe I'm just not meant to do do this full time. Maybe it's a side hustle and that's what it is. And I can make the most of it. And I have, I had those moments throughout the whole year and a half I was doing it, but I had a lot more highs too. And so, you know, a couple of weeks later, business picks up. There was no perfect moment, but I said, you know what? I think I can do this. I have the support of my family. Let's fucking go. I turned mm-hmm. in my two weeks notice and that Damn. was it. That, that's, Never look back. That's Never look back. Boom. Third, third yeah. Time. All right. So I'm sure since you mentioned you listen, you, uh, we like to give our, um, our uh, interviewee, a yes. little or guest, sorry, we we like to talk to. Anyways, um, give him a little thirty second outro. Um, anything you want to plug for your new um, your ten week to the beach um, program? That'd be great. Or mm-hmm. you can just do whatever you feel, man. Yeah, for sure. So, guys, thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. I think what y'all are doing with your platform at your age and your environment is totally unique. It's really cool to see. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, listeners, you can find me at Kevin Warren Fitness mm-hmm. on Instagram. You can listen to my podcast with my co-host, Justin, uh, anywhere you get your podcast. It's called Saved by the Barbell. Uh, Ten Weeks to Beach, as you mentioned, will be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. I'm currently – I'm doing the program. So <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm always uh, an advocate of practice what you preach. So. I was talking about that today. Practice what you preach, yeah. baby. Practice what you preach. And uh, – then for you guys and for your listeners, I, I want to direct this to to the youths, to the young people, all you <laughs> college kids, man. There's going to be a lot of times when, like I said, you, you may hesitate on your dream or you may struggle mm-hmm. to see if that passion is going to work out or you know if whatever you're chasing is actually going to happen. But I guarantee you the people who succeed are the people who are the most consistent. 
So a lot of people get in the gym and lift for a year straight and they feel really good. Mm-hmm. And then it all falls apart and three years down the road, they're nowhere. And it, it's the same thing in life, man. So if you guys just keep showing up, stay consistent with the podcast, with your personal development, with your coaching, training, all that stuff, good things will happen. Oh, fantastic. I want to thank you so much for coming on today, Kevin. It was great having you. Thank you you much. That was a knowledge bomb. You're listening to episode 21 of Life and Lifting with Kevin Warren Fitness on Instagram. I'm Trevor. And I'm Cohen. Much love. Peace.